0: Awesome. Well, good morning again. Um, I'm Leona. Uh you guys do know who I am because I'm looking at every face in here knows who I am. Um but I am up here alone this morning because Joseph (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Renee. Joseph is actually working this weekend. He had to work yesterday and he's working today and Praise the Lord because you know that that means you know we can pay the mortgage. So um, just to, as as an aside from what we've been talking about in terms of safety, the Lord was just reminding me of how um, different people feel safe in different environments, right? And um, and it's not necessarily because there's anything wrong with the environment. So I just want to paint a good picture but simply because of things that we've become accustomed to. Even in rough environments, we can feel safe if that's what we've become accustomed to. So it's just an interesting thing that we ought to recognize. Um, I was thinking about how Joe's and I's schedule is so full. We keep it full and we've never really sat down to really explore, like, why we live such full lives, but we do, and we like it. That's probably why we keep it that way. There, there, is, there is, we haven't gotten a check from the Lord, meaning the Lord hasn't prompted our hearts to say, this is wrong, you need to stop. So where I would feel, and I do feel naked today without Joseph because I'm used to standing over here and he's usually over there and he loves to pace this side of the room. (laughs) And then sometimes I take over for him and pace that side of the room. I, um, I feel safe with you guys. I feel safe with you guys. And I've been very convicted, in fact, by the Lord about how I can be safe with you guys as a group and yet, Gene, could you come up for a moment, please? And yet, not take care of safety in this relationship. And this is real, this is not rehearsed. Not take care of what I need to take care of in this relationship, which is one of the closest relationships I have with Jean. But it's because of my own issues. It's because of my own issues, not because of... Gender. Because we're twins, it's easier to be safe in a crowd. crowd? Yes. Then it is. See, she <laughs> speaks for me. She can totally... She, we haven't talked about it, but she can totally articulate that. So when we're, as in this class, we're talking about safety, and there's different dimensions to safety. There's different dimensions to safety. So there's the environment, there's being in a group, there's the one-on-one... There's all kinds of aspects. Now, over the past um, couple of weeks, we've given you guys handouts. Um, we've talked about the safe relationship tree rings. We've talked about list of character traits to be a, to, that we can express or demonstrate in our relationships. And this class is not just about safety in a, a husband and wife or relationship. It's, it's about just being a safe person. So every example that we use um, is not necessarily just intended to be marital. It 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 is marital, but it's not it's not narrowed to that. We're also talking about familial relationship. Anytime you're in a relationship with someone, um, don't look back. I'm kissing you <laughs> on purpose. I'll call you out, girl. <laughs> um, Being safe is important, and I could actually close class right now if you haven't been to service and send you to service because pastor stole my notes. (laughs) He totally, you know, came to me on Tuesday and said, hey, what are you going to be talking about? No, he did not. (laughs) He did not do that, but the Lord obviously um, has something he wants to articulate, um, to us as a church body or as an attendance body and there's also something that he's given me and in a way that kind of parallel so um, forgive me because I have so much to cover I'm probably going to read <laughs> my, my notes not because I don't, I don't have anything I could express to you from the heart but this is from the heart um, and I want to make sure I cover time in uh, the aspect of our teaching right now Uh, in terms of safety and relationship, what we're talking about is relational safety. I want to be clear. I don't want anyone who has been in an abusive relationship, and I mean physically abusive, has been in one, is in one right now, to get the impression that I'm ignoring that topic. Um, But the truth is we're not dealing with physical safety. We're dealing with emotional relational safety, okay? I just want to make that clear. Um, We've dealt with all kinds of abuse in this class. You know, Ron and Jean have taught and brought it out, and Joe and I have, and um, the Kendalls, um, I'm sure, have touched on it in their teaching. So just want to be clear that we are not ignoring that. Physical abuse is wrong. I don't care if it's... a woman beating up the man or a woman beating up another woman or a man beating up another man or you know it's it just in terms of a, a relationship especially intimacy a man beating up a woman it's it's not right okay in God's economy so in this aspect of our teaching we're focusing on relational safety and we're dealing rather specifically with the truth that God is himself safe last week we talked about the characteristics, uh, character traits of Jesus that we would need to emulate. And the first thing we talked about was compassion. And then the second thing we talked about was his servant uh, attitude. We know that without a doubt, his servant attitude is demonstrated by his willingness to leave the Father and the Holy Spirit and to take on human flesh. John 1.1, and I have just Fallen in love with this version of the uh, of the Bible that I have on my phone, called the BBE. So I'm gonna read it to you, and um, if we run late because I'm reading scripture, Amen. <laughs> okay. It says every most Christians who've been Christians for a long time know John one. You could almost recite it right in your sleep, whatever version of the Bible you use but I'm going to read this one to you it's called the Bible in basic English from the first he was the word and the word was in relation with God and was God this word was from the first in relation with God so it's relational all things came into existence through him and without him nothing was what came into existence in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Just very refreshing to me. John 1.10 reads, he was in the world, the world which came into being through him, but the world had no knowledge of him. The King James says the world knew him not world didn't even know. him. He made the world. He's in the world. And the very world of people that he created are like, is there a fly in the room? What's going on? What's that sound? I don't know what that is. And it was Jesus. I don't know that you could feel any more alone if you put yourself in Jesus, Mm -hmm. in that, in that, just in that as a human being because he was fully God and fully man or fully man and fully God. If you can identify as an individual with another human being I don't know that you could feel any more alone than to know that you are in a place that you created, you birthed these are your people and I'm not talking about the Jews, I'm talking about all of us and you are not known. John 1, 14. And I'll read that in whatever translation I have here. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now this same characteristic demonstrated in his servanthood that I brought out from the scriptures here can be seen as being wrapped up in his compassion but I have a question for you guys where does compassion come from what is the genus of compassion question for you guys from God's heart heart. okay I need a feeling word Love. love which is God's heart Yes, you get an a name. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is that all the characteristics that we will be talking about emanate from the next characteristic about which we call out specifically as his love. We know it as his love. But his compassion comes from his love, his servanthood comes from his love. We look at him. And sometimes we don't see him for who he is because of the, the lenses we're wearing. If I go outside right now, these are transitions. They will turn dark. And then when I come back in, because I love seeing your beautiful faces, I will probably try to put it on my scarf. Not a good move because I don't have it that secure today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hook it right here or hold it in my hand and then ask you guys where I put my glasses. The reason is the lenses become obscured when I come inside because they're dark for outside. I don't need my lenses dark for inside. We got fluorescence in this room. I want to see your faces, right? I want to see them but not really see them, you know, because I get nervous if I really, really see them. So (laughs) just saying. That's the truth. Um, Now I can't see my notes. So I got to put the lenses back on. So sometimes we look at God with the lens that is not His prescription for us. We're looking at the lens that. John, thank you very much. Somebody else gave us, right? Because they taught us school. Johnny, can I have your glasses, please? Thank you. And then we add another, you know, another teacher taught us something else about God, right? Like so we're like looking, you know, this actually looks pretty fly. good.
1: Wow. <laughs> y'all look
0: loud. Like, so my boy. Y'all bathe, shower, brush your teeth. I can tell. Y'all please. This is awesome.
1: You in 3D. I'm in 3D.
0: But am I really seeing you for who you are? Am I I'm seeing you through these lenses. Am I seeing you for who you really are? Have I gotten to know you to really see you? Okay. We can say we have a relationship with God because we said the prayer. But have we taken the time to get to know him. We've heard the verses John 3, 16 and 17 over and over and over. And I'm going to read it to you in another one of my newly discovered translations on this particular app, which is not the one that everybody else uses. Um, So I'm not going to. It's called, this one is called Easy English. Okay, first we have the Bible in basic English. <laughs> this one is the easy English version. John 3, 16. God loved the people in the world so much that he gave his one and only son on their behalf. So as a result, everyone who believes in the son will not die. Instead, they will live always. 17. God did not send his son into the world because he wanted to punish people. He did not send his son into the world because he wanted to punish people. No, God sent his son to save the people in the world. If we meditate on that, it provides sufficient proof that Jesus is nothing if he is not loving. If he's not loving... What is he? Everything that we see God do in the word and in our lives, some things we blame him for that he has nothing to do with, so excluding those things, which if you think he did it, you don't know that. But I would say this, filter everything that you see or that you experience in your life through the lens of God's love. So ask yourself, if God is loving, did that really happen because he loved me? And be willing not to give a quick answer. Because God's love and the way it's faceted is so different, it's totally upside down. I'm gonna borrow pastor's title totally upside down he's looking at us not just like right now i see renee taking notes he's looking at renee he can see renee at home washing dishes he can see renee driving to work he can see renee's uh uh uh, interaction with her boss next week in three weeks he can see johnny and renee sorry guys walking Ramaya down the aisle for whenever Ramaya is ready. He can see that. I didn't say tomorrow. I didn't say tomorrow. I didn't even say next year. I didn't say 10 years from now. But he sees that, and he sees us in context. So we need to be sure that when we ask God, is that you? Did that come from you? That we are willing to just kind of just be at peace and not quickly fill in yes God did that to me or yes it is God or no it isn't God because God does his stuff his own way and this word knowing this word and seeing the fingerprint of his pattern in the lives of others in the lives of Israel as a nation is what's going to show us how loving he is when you look back, I, I just, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't get over this. He eased just too much. When you look back and you look at Israel as a nation today, and you look at what God said when Israel went through some dark times and God said, okay, y'all want to act like a naked fool, blankety, okay? Like fools, okay? You choose. You choose. But there, as Ron always reminds us, there are consequences to what you choose. So I'm picking on Israel for a moment. But while I'm picking on Israel, everyone who has a phone, please pull out your phone. Switch to the camera. (laughs) And put it in selfie mode. You wanna act like a fool? You, I don't want you to act like a fool. I don't want you to ignore what I'm saying to you. I love you, I don't want you to do this because I love you. I'm encouraging you to choose this way because I love you. But if you choose to keep doing what you have been doing, I'm gonna let you go and do it but like with my grandson who was over and, and, and we're telling him don't drive your car over by the stove part of the kitchen and he comes pretty close to his mom clips his mom and knocks over and hits his noggin okay well we kind of repeated the don't drive on that side of the kitchen a few times and then what happened he hit his head what did his mom do? Anybody want to guess? Grabbed him and hugged him. She didn't go over there and go, you, told you. silly kid, I'm going to beat the mess up. Some of us experienced that as children. Some of us did. We got blamed for being a child. We got blamed for our choice. We not only suffered the consequence of our choice, right? But we got blamed and attacked, or beaten, or told, talked about, or whatever, talked down to, because of our choice. That's not God. That's not God. That's not God's way. I'm not saying he's going to make the, the kitchen floor foam, because <laughs> he can but he's not going to come and then add to your sorrow. God is loving. The next thing we're going to talk about is forgiving and and Joe knows I'm not going to get too far in all the 10 characteristics so you guys should know that too. Again, I'm tempted to ask you, what is the precursor for being forgiving? What is the precursor for forgiving? Have you guys seen that commercial where the kids say, thank you for giving? I think it started running in um, November. Or at least I I paid attention in November because it was Thanksgiving. (laughs) And... Every time I would hear it, I would hear thank you for forgiving. That's what I heard. But you guys have all heard about how my perception is a little different sometimes. And I hope all of our perceptions are different. I believe there's a reason I was hearing thank you for forgiving. It's actually a Walgreens ad. Because Walgreens is trying to encourage you to keep shopping with them. Walgreens, Walgreens makes markup on every item on their shelves. They're one of my favorite businesses. I, I read some business books sometimes. And I like their way of thinking. So they're not going to sell you the purse for $40,000 more than what it's worth. If they could sell it to you for $10 more than what they Pay for it, while they also sell you toothbrush for $3 more than what they, so there's a markup on everything, it's not just like this 10 items that you need to come into the store for, they're trying to get you to come in because they have a mission, and part of their mission is they give pharmaceuticals to Children children and people in other places where they don't have access. So they were saying, thank you for giving. But Leona's ears were, thank you for forgiving. It made me pay attention, right? Because that's what I heard. And I was hearing the Lord's voice. Well, there's a reason I was hearing the Lord's voice. Um, And I'm going to share a testimony that... People in my small group um, have heard me, but I'm going to read it to you from the day that it originally hit me like a ton of bricks. The Lord was challenging me to go to another level in my own forgiveness. I woke up one morning, still laying in the bed, and I asked the Lord how I was to know what I was feeling because I've been doing this thing called checking in with the Lord. I was like, Lord, how am I going to know what I'm feeling since all I can think about is trying to just wake up? I just need to wake up. I can't think of what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm feeling. And most of my life I've lived that way, not knowing what I was feeling. And he immediately went to something. He pointed out, a photo that I had been shown of a family that I had kind of grown up with it was sent to us by another uh, a family friend uh, had shared the photo if you will and the Lord went right to that photo I'm like okay what's up <laughs> he asked me Leona What do you feel in relationship to one of those persons in the photo? And that's what he heard from me, was silence. I really had no response, so I asked him, Lord, reveal to me how I'm feeling. Sometimes we, that's prayer, guys, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's not our, you know... Our Father who art in heaven, I'm going to monologue for the next 15 minutes. And if you don't speak, that's okay. Amen. That's how we've been taught to pray. I said, Lord, show me what I, what am I feeling concerning this person? It was actually the one person was someone that as an older child had actually molested me. And when I looked at that person's photo, I felt nothing. So God said to me, could it be that you have some forgiveness work to do here? Excuse me? Phone, selfie mode. Are you talking to me? I have some forgiveness work? It stunned me. But right as that thought was coming, I had to jump out of bed because I had an appointment. So I needed to head out. So the Lord and I continued the dialogue as I was driving. I'm thinking, I must have forgiven this person because I had to deal with this whole issue. It came up when I was 40. I'm not 40 anymore. That was a long time ago a whole bunch of things hit me at that time this was one of them and I recognized when I went to one of the uh, ministries that we offer here uh, through the church and they had a retreat event that I had actually put this person's name on the list and I had canceled soul ties and You know, I had forgiven them, released them to God, but I knew then because of what I was involved with in terms of the training I'd been getting through Cleansing Stream, the ministry I'm talking about, that that whole thing had been a setup by the enemy to try to trip me up in my life later on that molestation was partnered with other molestations but that particular one wanted to take me in a totally different direction still a direction of the enemy it doesn't does it really matter which direction right because his job description is what John 10 10 I come to say it loud say it again That was his M.O., his modus operandi, for those of us who watch police shows. (coughs) Always looking for the M.O. Look for the M.O. when things happen in your life. Look for the M.O., not the individual's M.O., but what is the, what's going on in heaven? Whose M.O. might this actually fulfill? Would this be God's M.O.? Or would this be the enemy's M.O.? Use that as a filter test. Again, you can only judge it sometimes in light of that particular moment. But know that whatever happens in our life, the enemy wants to use it for his own benefit, right? Not for God's purpose. God knows how to take us from what the enemy's trajectory is and kind of, not kind of, Straighten things out so that it ends up if we say yes to Jesus, and I mean really yes, to work out for God's purpose, but God's purpose is never selfish God's purpose is for us, it's not for him, He doesn't get anything from it. I mean, yeah, he does dance, heaven says, you know he rejoices with dancing, Nephaniah lifts up his skirt like I've got a skirt on today and people are reeling, God doesn't wear a skirt. Yeah, God is a spirit, he's not a man. And he's not a woman either, just saying. I had to work through this thing that God had brought to my attention. It was gnawing at me more than anything because the Lord was asking me for another level of forgiveness. Well, there must have been something that I had already taken care of, right? I even had witnesses that I had done some forgiveness. What I was challenged with was this. Had I gone through the pain, the anger of being molested yet again without coming through and fully releasing that person to God? So that morning I knelt down before the Lord and released them. What God showed me through that process was that I had walled off a part of my heart, somehow, using that past experience and the way I had handled it as a shield. You know, Captain America can't do anything without a shield. He may have muscles, but that shield, that shield is like, you know, that had become a part of my shield. It wasn't my soul shield, but it was a part of my shield. And it wasn't logical, but it was the emotional response of this being. We get hurt in relationships. There's no way around it. There's no way around it, because We're human beings, and sometimes a decision that we make in relationship to one relationship is going to have an impact on another relationship, and so the other person gets hurt. Or we just get hurt in relationships inadvertently for whatever reasons. You name it, they exist. There are only a few. I know that we read the papers, we hear the news, the percentage of people and yes I agree it's increasing in the end, end, end of days which we're in the percentage of people though that are like just they have a mind to hurt and wound and damage compared to the rest of the population of the world is small. Most people don't have the agenda that they're going to damage you, they don't. Now they may end up damaging you because they themselves are so damaged and I'm not excusing it, I'm not. But I'm just saying that most people don't have that as an agenda. We may have a hard time forgiving because we are so hurt. Sometimes we transition from the feeling of having been hurt to actually sponsoring or nursing our hurt. Ouch. If I had a puppet and I knew how to do a puppet show, I would have my puppet would be my hurt. And I nurse it, and I take care of it, and I cover it, protect it, and I I add to it. Every other experience in life that I have goes, and that's the food that I feed that hurt, and that hurt becomes my identity but that's not who God made me. He didn't make me to wear the identity of my hurt or my wounds. He wants me whole so that my hurt can be healed and he can see my face and I can see his face and you can see me or at least begin to see me because sometimes the hurt is so big you're like, I can't even begin to see who you really are. Wow. Mm
1: -hmm. The visual was just so many times we want to put up boundaries and we don't recognize the boundaries we're putting up is actually barbed wire.
0: Thank you, Jean. That is Is exact. Barbed barbed wire. wire. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's got a big old keep out sign. And, and that was what the Lord was pointing to in me. Sometimes we've been hurt by organizations or in organizations, right? And still that becomes our identity because at the next interview, it's in the back of our mind. It's like it's not even in the back of our minds. We're just trying to remember our name, how long we worked at this place and then the next place and what our skills are, and try to put that feeling down, that fear down that keeps trying to rise up because we got hurt at the last place of employment we were in. And Jean's, the picture the Lord has given, Jean is perfect. We, we don't recognize it, but we put out barbed wire and we, we barbed wire and wall ourselves off while we think what we're doing is we're keeping somebody away. It's difficult to get any more isolated than that. Yes, people have wounded us. Some people have molested us, beat us. Some of us have been in hit and runs. Some of us have been robbed some of us have had when i say robbed i mean it in every sense that you could make that you could apply that word some of us are, are are in relationships where we have been robbed of our identity because of the words that we receive and sometimes it's the physical things that we own sometimes it's just being constantly being put down put down put down put down but God's love, God's love. And, and w- what Jean points out is that there is such a, a fine line between healthy boundaries because we do still need boundaries. God doesn't say, okay, Leona, you've been so molested and whatever. And I mean molestation in all levels, like words, deeds, uh, attacked, You should just be friends with everybody. God knows how he made us. He knows. And he wouldn't want that for us. Just like when, get out the phones again, when Israel was doing what Israel was doing, God was like, okay, I didn't make you for that. I'm going to step right here, okay? You you do you. You want to do you? You do you. I'm not really cool with that, but uh, I don't, what can I do? I've done and shared everything I know to share. So, okay, I love you, though. I'm going to let you do you, but I love you. Mark 6, 1 through 7. And I'm actually going to ask Brother Johnny to read that for us. Mm -hmm. As he's getting the... That's okay. Let me say this before you start. The people who have wronged us, uh, we're not saying they're right. <coughs> we are saying they'll be held accountable before the Lord, but they are also accountable to us. However, we don't have the position or the right in God's economy to demand their accountability. Only their maker can demand that. <laughs> I would add to that because of the lights going out, but I'm not going (laughs) to. So in working on being safe, and if we're in relationship currently with people who hurt us, which we all are in relationship with people who hurt us, they can't help it. They're human beings. I hurt them. (laughs) Right? It just is complex. So, Brother Johnny, Mark 6, 1 through 7.
1: And he went out from thence. Louder. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed. Him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence thou hast thou hast this man these things? And what wisdom is this in which is given unto him? that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Hosea, and of Judas and Simon? And were not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor. But in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house, and he could there do no mighty works, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. And he called unto him That's the twelve. That's it. Thank you.
0: That's it. That's it. So in this case, Jesus was back home where he grew up. As an adult now, and he was utterly dishonored and disrespected. And as we used to say, completely dissed in every way. He wasn't accepted for who he really was. Their eyes and focus was on who he had been, who his family was, what his siblings did, how his earthly father, Joseph, died. Wasn't he really a quote-unquote bastard? That's what was in their minds. So they could not give him the honor that he was due. because they'd already judged him. Jesus, however, chose not to hold a grudge. Just imagine, think about it. You go back to where you're from, your hood, whatever your hood is, and you're around maybe the peers you went to elementary school with, they're all adults, you're an adult, and like pastor's example, I'm telling you, pastor, borrow my notes. (laughs) Actually, I didn't have the notes before, Pastor. Um, uh, I didn't talk to him on Tuesday about what I'm teaching, and I had my own notes, and I came to service last time. I'm like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Pastor used an example of a reunion in his sermon. I'm not going to spoil it, because you may not have been to service, but imagine you're in this mini reunion, and you are being dissed. Because all they can see is, how you were when you had the two front teeth were missing you know or you didn't you know your your mom didn't put your hair in the latest hairstyle or you didn't have the latest clothes because your family couldn't afford it that's all they see but Jesus was in that same situation and he chose not to hold a grudge he didn't take any offense He went around the other parts of town, and he taught. And then right after that, he dispatched the disciples. Because maybe they'll receive the word from the disciples if they can't receive it from me. He did, he stepped back out of fill in the blank. How did he step back? Out of love. But he chose not to hold a grudge. How difficult would that be for us, to extend forgiveness to the people we live with, people who think they completely understand everything that we are, or everything that we're dealing with, or everything we've dealt with, when we ourselves are still growing and being sanctified. We don't even understand. I thought I had completely forgiven and released this person. And I had for that season, when I say I had, I had done it based on what I knew to do and what I had available and where the Lord wanted me to be at that time. The Lord does not give us any more than we can handle. So sometimes the things that we have been given are not from the Lord. Just putting the plug in. I just keep putting these plugs in for Jesus. Because we have, we have, we have, we don't, we don't necessarily see with the right lens, and so sometimes we're given things that are overwhelming. But what we need to keep checking in is, what God, what is your intention through this? I can't change what has happened, but what is your intention through this? But, um, sometimes when God brings you something and you need to take care because of the, it's been brought to you. Don't you think that, he, that if he brought it to you, he's going to take you through it? Well, that's the point. If he brought it, like he brought to me, I wasn't in a damaging situation and being remembering what this person had done to me. I was innocently in my house, and I got a picture. He brought that at that time because he was ready for me, because he knew I was ready. Right? To walk me through what I needed to walk through so that I could do a deeper level of forgiveness. And quite frankly, it, it wasn't so much, it's not so much in this case about forgiving this person. It's about recognizing I had built a barbed wire around myself. But I couldn't have seen the barbed wire without being asked the question the Lord was asking me relative to forgiveness. Do you see where I'm coming from? See, see, God's, he was drawing a heart around that thing the whole time. So I'm thinking it's about the person. And so I'm asking, myself, well, Lord, I'm pretty sure I did that when I was 40, when all that, you know, the sky was falling in my life. And then, you know, when I went to Cleansing Stream, we kind of took care of some things. And he wasn't taking my you know, okay, here are my list of excuses and reasons why I shouldn't have to do this. You know, again, in case, you know, you want me to do it again. He's like, okay, okay. It's all right. It's all right. But it wasn't until I said, okay, but Lord, if you need me to, if, if not only you need me, he doesn't need me to do anything. If you are asking me, inviting me to look at this, I need to look at this. So God, before you on my knees, God, I release this person. I give them over to you. If there's anything that I've been holding in my heart that I didn't even see against this individual, God, I release them. I give them to you because I don't want to keep them from having a deep relationship with you. They'll never come to me and say, I'm sorry. The situation is such that they, they can't. They literally cannot. So I have to be willing to release them knowing that they cannot And And so I just release them to you. Now I acknowledge that what they've done is not right. I'm not saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to esteem people over myself. And so, uh, okay. They better than I am. And so, you know, they got it going on because now they're in the ministry and you know, no. That's not, it's not about time to put Leona down further. It's about, you know what, God, I'm giving them to you. I I I just I need to. If I did it before and I didn't do it thoroughly, I'm just gonna give them to you again. Because I know you don't mind. You brought this to me. And so I release them, I bless them. I bless them to prosper. To have everything that you desire for them, for them to know you well, deeply, for them to grow trust for them, Lord, Amen. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, thank you. When I did that, the Lord said, "Okay, so now let's deal with the walls around walls. What are you? Th- what, are you... what walls? What you talking about, God?" <laughs> Y'all used to watch different strokes, those of us who are in here to know that show. What you talking about, Willis? Right. Like, what you talking about, God? What walls are you talking about now? And we started, we have started. I haven't finished yet. I'm still in process. We've started the journey of not just that wall, but the wall of shame. The wall, I have my walls listed here. And now I, I want my eyes to, to help me find them the walls of fear, the walls of pride, the walls of emotion, no, excuse me, emotionalism and rationalization. I have all kind of walls. I have to look back in my journals with the Lord like, he's been dealing with these walls since October. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. There are people that I didn't talk to because they didn't talk to me and and I'm okay. I'm at a point where I'm okay. I don't have to go, oh, hi, do you see me? Because that used to be me. I'd be like, oh, hi, Johnny. I'm like, you know what? what, Gray's starting to come out. I'm proud of the gray. Hey, I don't, you don't want to talk to me? Uh, Okay. And yet, you see my, what's my posture? What is my posture, guys? You don't want to talk to me? What's my posture? I don't care. What does that imply well this posture and the attitude is it's pride it's not humility it's not oh my brother didn't see me it's not giving him the benefit of doubt or my my brother here who also didn't see me is going through something and he can't see anybody right now i'm not giving him the benefit i don't know that that's really what's going on i'm just saying In my heart, I was not willing to give the benefit of doubt. So I built up this wall of pride. When you're ready to talk, you talk. I'm cool. It's all right. You're going to need something. (laughs) I'm just telling the truth. (laughs) And then the Lord was like, okay, so they don't talk to you. You have no right to not acknowledge them, even if they don't acknowledge you back. Like, is that fair? Is is that really fair? Okay, let's put God on blast. God is not fair. Let me just tell you, he is not fair. His world is upside down, period. So, okay. So I greet them when I recognize I can now I don't want to interrupt people to greet them and in that the Lord showed me that was my own wall I was protecting myself from being hurt because I wasn't received so then the question is have I really got over not being seen that shows that the hurt is still there I still want to be seen and it's okay We are all in process. See, there's a place for boundaries, and we have talked about it earlier, but I wanna say it again. That boundaries implies, built into boundaries, is inching back into relationship and a willingness to risk our own self-exposure. It's inching back. It's not, I would jump if I could, but my knees and my feet won't allow me to do that demonstration. So forgive me. <laughs> it's not jumping back in and going, here I am. It's, there's, there's care that there's some level of self-care. That scripture, pastor, is, is marked on in Philippians 2. Esteem others above yourself but you still need to esteem yourself Mm -hmm. there is value in who you are we're not saying you're sorry I stepped on you you're not a bug it's not a bug's life okay so it's inching that's what it implies as we inch and we risk self exposure again We do it without necessarily giving the other person license to be, again, physically or verbally or emotionally abusive. But then again, that means that we don't have that right either. That person who, the way that they are is they don't see you until they see you that I was taking offense at and and building my wall of pride, like you you want to talk to me? I ain't talking to you. I may see you all the time, but you know you don't see me. I don't see you. It's all right. I still got my five one. I'm so proud of being five foot one. <laughs> I still got my five one. <laughs> see, it doesn't give us a right to be emotionally or physically or verbally abusive just because somebody else hasn't gotten their healing. In other words. God's healing us doesn't now mean that as we inch in that relationship and try to explore safety again and risk self-exposure, expo- that if that person responds to us with whatever they've been responding to us, that we now can say, well, you know what? You ain't all that. Let me tell you a few things. We don't have that right. The Lord is like, just chill. Let, let me deal with them. Yes, Paul? Well, you were describing earlier, it became your shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, captain, captain America. Captain, you think about that. Our shields. Captain mm-hmm.
1: you know, America demonstrates that really well. He throws that when he takes that monster after monster or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, our our defense mechanisms, our protection, wounds. That's, right. Uh, that, That's right. And it wounds people that are caught in the crossfire. It keeps us from relationships God wants us to have. Penny.
1: I like healing.
0: the visual of the shield, you know, like you said, using it because it's really, really
1: difficult. Um, you know, I relate really everything to what you're saying about how sometimes there's layers of healing. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knows how it's put together. So it's kind of like a big bundle of
0: our experiences and our understanding of what fears and sin that we've done that been put on us. Yes. It just creates what is our vision. That's and right. I think it's really for, to, to see that, like, in your life, like, God's skills has taken those off in the layers in the order that they have to be. Thank it's, you. It just, it's just going to just all come off. Yes. You know? Um Yeah. And like you said, that I think a challenge for me um, that I'm dealing with constantly in terms of this exact context of trying to be in a relationship where there's been a, absolute destruction of safety. Mm-hmm. And still to move forward. Yes. and um, uh, it's, it's like my challenge is to remember that God is the shield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, not the thing for that becoming the battle Yes. So that for me is just the biggest challenge. It isn't it though? Because then God thank you, everything you said thank you. You summarize it, you you clarified it, you brought it out, Teddy, thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability of saying, me too. This is our me too, okay? And it's okay, that's the thing I want you guys to hear. It's okay. It's really okay. See, remember when we gave you the hand, this handout and on the back of it was unsafe people? The Lord had me highlight number six. Unsafe people avoid working on their own problems and dealing with them we We just we know how well to see very clearly we have the prescription for everyone else's challenge right We can read the psych books or watch the I still love police shows um Or Dr. Phil, exactly, or Oprah, and see what everyone else in our family is dealing with, right? You know, auntie so-and-so and and cousin and, yep, mama, big mama, what their issues are. But when God says, okay, 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 yes, okay, you got it, you're you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then when he asks that next question of, Okay, so how has that impacted you? We're like, oh, I got someplace to go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Don't you have scripture for me to read, Lord? I'm behind on my scripture reading. I promise to read this Bible in a year. That is relationship with God. (coughs) Because, yes, you can read the scripture, but if he halts you in the middle of a verse and says, okay, so how is that working for you? Uh, where are you in this? I'm. What are you talking about? I'm in numbers. <laughs> God, what are you talking about? That's relationship. When Holy Spirit pause tells us to pause, pause because He knows He's 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 there with the bear hug ready. He's already present, and He's wanting you to go ahead and take that seat on His lap so he can heal you another level. He's not doing it so that you can walk through awe and see it in technicolor and the pain of... No, that's not how he operates. He's loving. He's also committed to you. That's our next characteristic. Everything he does, he does purposely because of his commitment. He's so loved that he gave his only begotten son... Why would you give your only begotten son to some people that are not committed to you? I can't explain it. I can try, but I can't explain it. So how many of our family members, spouses, boyfriends, children have walled off their hearts because of their pain and or the pain they've experienced from us in the past? which now triggers them to abandon us in our pain which in turn triggers us to feel rejected yeah. you you see the wheel it's it said it's be different words on this on this wheel right but it just how many in our own sphere of influence in our own circle have actually suffered and see through the lens that is that god didn't make for them and they're kind of caught up in that uh, that god is calling us to recognize see being safe safety in relationships requires us to also become safe and that's our that's all we really can be responsible for we become safe and we first become safe in the context of our relationship with the lord Oftentimes, God is asking us to go through the wall or go through the experience so that we can grow through it, not to keep pushing it down. It's time that we stop allowing ourselves to hide from the truth because all we do in that case is fortify the lies we've believed, fuel the division, The enemy wants, and then we continue to live wounded. So um, I preached at you guys today. And I.